This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. On today's show, we're talking Super Bowl 51 parties and happenings with Nick Hines, an executive vice president with The Engine Shop. From my opinion, their production value is always over the top, and if they're able to get into that party, uh, which is invitation only, it is by far one of the best you would see over the weekend. And Jay Root, the vice president of race and sports for MGM International. I think it should be on everybody's bucket list to come to Vegas over the Super Bowl. It's actually, I think, probably a little bit more exciting. You have a few more options outside of the four hours that you're watching the game here in Vegas. Now, with Sports Business Radio, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us. Happy New Year to you. Uh, we have a great show planned this week. Nick Hines, who is with the Engine Shop. The Engine Shop has joined us for the last several years to help us preview the top Super Bowl parties. What does the landscape look like? How much are you going to pay to get into a party? Can you get into the party? Is it invite only? How much are the producers of these parties paying to host Super Bowl parties? We'll talk to Nick Hines from the Engine Shop about that on our show this week. Also, one of my favorite conversations in a long time, Jay Rude, the vice president of race and sports at the MGM Resorts International. So the MGM Grand, the Mirage, many of the top casinos in Las Vegas. Jay Rude oversees the sports book. How much does Vegas handle in bets during Super Bowl weekend? How much of those bets are prop bets? What are some of the other insights that you need to know about Las Vegas and wagering on the Super Bowl? We'll talk to Jay Rude from MGM Resorts International on this week's show about that. I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great. And uh, you were talking about this week's show. It's one of those ones where if you're a stats guy and a little uh, tidbit guy, yeah. this is your show. I some mean, really good nuggets <laughs> this week. There's some great little things you're going to hear that are just like, you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Or this party's cool. Or how much it costs to get in this party and what they're doing. And it's cool. It's a fun show. And uh, looking forward to Super Bowl 51. Yeah. I mean, one of the questions I asked Nick Hines from Engine Shop is, it's going to cost four and a half to five million dollars for a Super Bowl spot during this year's broadcast. Are these party planners, you know, the ESPNs, the Rolling Stones, the Mercedes, the Playboys of the world, are they spending more or less than that amount? On these parties. So that answer is, is coming up in the interview with Nick Hines. But, uh, and then, you know, I'm just a, uh, I'm going to be going to Las Vegas for the first time ever to watch the Super Bowl. I want to people watch. I want to see what the prop bets are. You know, I've been to two of the last three Super Bowls. I want to go to Vegas this time and I want to soak it in. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, especially after previewing what happens in Vegas around the wagering on the Super Bowl with Jay Rude. Griggs, let's look at some headlines of the week. Two big ones. One, the San Diego Chargers are no more. After 56 years in San Diego, the Chargers are moving to Los Angeles. Let's examine this story on a few different levels. Number one, the announcement. Okay, so this was already approved by league owners that didn't need league approval. So you had a statement put out by the Spanos family. They immediately get crushed. Then the worst part of all of this is they put out a logo that looks like the Dodgers logo and the Tampa Bay Lightning logo. And I actually love the responses from the Dodgers and the Lightning uh, on social media about the logo. Because it looks like the two logos had a baby and it was the new L.A. Chargers logo. The Chargers then changed their logo. 
so it doesn't look as much like those logos and has uh, yellow incorporated instead of blue and white. But I thought it was a disastrous announcement. And then uh, the Spanos family comes out and they're like, well, we're really offended by the reaction on this. What do you think the reaction is going to be after you leave the city you've been in for 56 years? Now, I know that many, many times on the ballot, fans in San Diego, citizens of San Diego have had the opportunity to vote for an initiative to fund a stadium in San Diego. I've said this so many times on this show since 2004, I will say it again. If you're a sports team and you play in the state of California, you will never get your new stadium financed with public money. It has not happened for the Sacramento Kings. It is not happening with the Golden State Warriors new arena that they broke ground on this week. It didn't happen for the San Francisco Giants. It's not going to happen for the Oakland Raiders. It didn't happen for the LA Raiders back in the day. It's not happening for the LA Rams. Do I need to go on? If you are in the state of California, voters will not pay for your stadium. But here's some math, Griggs. The NFL gave the Chargers $300 million to apply for a new stadium last year. $300 million. They had never given that much money before. Okay? So you've got $300 million. It's going to cost the Chargers $650 million in relocation fees. Forget about uprooting your offices and hiring moving trucks and basically rebranding your team. And what those costs are going to be, it's going to cost you $650 million to pay to other owners so you can relocate to Los Angeles. That's $950 million by my math. The math on a new stadium is, depending on who you talk to and the bells and whistles, it's in the $1.3 billion range. So now you're, you're essentially $350 million short. You're the Spanos family. You're billionaires. You can't come up with $350 million to stay in the city that you were in for 56 years. This makes no sense to me. Now you're moving to Los Angeles. You're going to be a tenant in the Los Angeles Rams and Stan Kroenke's new arena. You're not going to have a lot of the vital revenue streams that you need when you're the owner of the stadium. You're going to be second fiddle to the Rams because you're second in now. We saw the Rams play to half-empty crowds last year in their first year back in Los Angeles because the team stunk. The Chargers aren't going to be very good. This makes no sense to me, Griggs, on many, many levels. Yeah, it's it's you've covered it all. I mean, the big one obviously is the money shortage. I mean, obviously, hello, that doesn't add up. And then you're you're getting fans pissed off at you. You're getting ownership pissed off. It's just like this whole infighting that is uh, doesn't look good right now for sure. I mean, the other NFL owners love it because well, it's, yeah. it's relocation money. It's found money. Oh, hey, you're gonna move. Well, all right, I'll take several million dollars right. for me to do nothing and and watch you move and allow you to move. But San Diego has been one of the longest, you know, again, 56 years. You're throwing that history away. Now, here's another thing that I think is bad for the NFL in general, Griggs. The Rams moved out of St. Louis last year. They're in Los Angeles now. The Chargers are leaving San Diego after 56 years, and we are on the cusp any day now of an announcement of the Raiders saying they're going to leave Oakland and go to Las Vegas. I don't care what sports league you are. I don't care if you're the NBA, Major League Baseball, or the NFL. If you have three teams relocate in the span of a year to 18 months, that is bad for your league. 
it's bad for your league. You're leaving these longtime cities. And, you know, we see in the NBA, Seattle fans are still stinging over the Sonics leaving for Oklahoma City. There's relocations that take place all the time, but three in one year in what is supposedly the healthiest league in the NFL. And all right, I know you out there are going, all right, Burger, what's your solution? Well, I've proposed this before. One, you know, in this case of the Chargers, you were $350 million short. And you're a billionaire owner. Come up with a 350. You can do that. You're going to make it back. Okay. And by the way, the goodwill that you're going to have in that city, San Diego, is going to be much better than what you're going to have when you leave to Los Angeles. But I think it is time. And I suggested this to David Stern at our roadshow event in December. He wasn't ready to say that leagues are going to do this anytime soon. But these leagues are multi, multi billion dollar leagues. Okay. The NBA is generating eight billion dollars a year in revenue. Baseball, eight billion, ten billion dollars a year in revenue. The NFL, you know, twenty billion dollars a year in revenue. Let the league play bank on the loan. So instead of going to taxpayers or state governments and saying, please fund our stadium, let the league play bank on the loan. And I know the NFL does this to a smaller degree, but look, the bottom line, like I just told you, three teams have relocated. So whatever's being done as far as loans and financing for new venues is not enough to keep teams from moving from one city to another. Let the leagues play bank. They're making billions of dollars. Keep your franchises from moving to other cities. Our next headline, the Baseball Hall of Fame has three new members. Jeff Bagwell, Pudge Rodriguez, and Tim Raines have all been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. If you follow me on Twitter at SB Radio, I also said that I would have inducted Vlad Guerrero, the Impaler. I love Vladdy. Uh, Edgar Martinez, come on. And, and, you know, both of them were close. Trevor Hoffman was five votes short. How'd you like to be five votes short? I mean, that would, that would really hurt. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens would also have been on my ballot. And people can get, say, Berger, they cheated. You know what? Here's what it, the, this is basically where I stand on the steroid era. There's a lot of people that cheated. So you either let some of them in or you let none of them in. I am ready to let some of them in. There were whispers about Piazza. There were whispers about Bagwell. They're both in. There were whispers about Frank Thomas. He's in. If they're in, and I don't think those three used, I think there's a much greater likelihood that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens used. But you know what? They were two generational players. Even before they used, they were headed to the Hall of Fame. The voters are increasing votes for Bonds and Clemens. They almost got in this time. I would say next year we're probably looking at Vladdy, Trevor Hoffman, Edgar Martinez, Bonds and Clemens getting in. So the guys that were on my ballot this year, my fake ballot that I don't really have, but, you know, those are the people that that should be in. And, uh, you know, the three guys that got in, I have no problem with. Pudge Rodriguez becomes the only uh, the second catcher to get in on the first ballot. So that's impressive for him. Bagwell and Reigns have been trying to get in. This was Reigns' last opportunity on the 10-year exemption to get in. So he got in. And, you know, I'm old enough. I watched him Reigns play. He was great. I mean, he was, I'm not going to say a poor man's Ricky Henderson, um, but... He was a great leadoff guy. He stole 800-plus bases. He played on some great Montreal Expos teams. He was good. I I think he's a Hall of Famer. So I have no problem with the three guys that got in. Griggs, would you let Bonds and Clemens in? It's tough. It's like I thought about this, too. Uh, 
when I saw all the stuff coming out about it, and I don't know, I'm I'm kind of on the fence on it. I mean, but like you said, I mean, it's not like these are these only two guys that have ever used steroids or cheated or anything. But uh, I think you have to honor them for what they have done and the skills and the games they played. So I think I'm probably more leading like with you, put them in because I mean, look what they did for baseball. You know, it was interesting. I heard C.J. McCollum, who plays for the Blazers, do an interview this week, and someone asked him about, you know, where do you stand on performance-enhancing drugs and this and that and the other, and he said, certainly don't condone them, and I'm paraphrasing here. But the other thing he said that was interesting that I've said on this show for years as well is, even if you use performance-enhancing drugs, if you don't have the skills to see a ball and hit it out of the park like Barry Bonds or throw the ball 100 miles an hour like Roger Clemens. Like, you couldn't give me performance-enhancing drugs and have me produce the stats that Bonds or Clemens produce. Same thing with you. Same thing with most people. So you got to keep that in mind, too. Yes, it is cheating. It is bad. I'm not condoning it. But that whole era, again, you either say no one gets in from the years, you know, 1985 to 2010 or if you're going to let some guys in, I think you have to let all of them in who put up stats in that era. And, you know, maybe you create a this is the steroid era wing or you just leave it alone. But that's kind of where I fall on the Baseball Hall of Fame. All right. Coming up next, two great interviews. Uh, Nick Hines from the Engine Shop. What is the landscape in Houston? The Super Bowl parties, the top parties, who's going to be there? If you're going to Houston, you're going to want to listen to this segment. It's going to have some great information for you. And then Jay Rude from the MGM Resorts International, VP of Race and Sportsbook. Some great insight on the sports wagering around the Super Bowl. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Hi, it's Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. Did you know that Super Bowl 50 broke the record for single-day Wi-Fi usage and beat last year's record before halftime? And then nearly 80% of fans use their mobile phones during live sports events? Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. And that is why major venues around the country work with Boingo Wireless to manage their wireless networks. Boingo knows fans, and they know how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. Boingo designs, installs, manages, and monetizes wireless networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Chicago Soldier Field and Phillips Arena, home of the NBA's Atlanta Hawks. Boingo is the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless services so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Sports Business Radio has teamed up with Boingo to bring you monthly stadium stories focused on how technology is changing the business of sports. I will speak with Boingo and their partners, including athletic directors, venue owners, leading sports marketers, and industry influencers who will share valuable insights you'll want to tune in for. For more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is Nick Hines. He is an executive vice president with The Engine Shop. They have joined us every year here on Sports Business Radio. They've been doing this for a long time, producing the biggest and best parties at the Super Bowl. Nick, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, Three big parties that you guys are working on, ESPN, Wheels Up, and also Rolling Stone. Let's start with ESPN. I had the good fortune you guys were kind enough to uh, invite me to the ESPN party two years ago when it was in Arizona, 
And what a party. Um, but tell us about what that party is going to look like in Houston this year. Um, yeah, so it's their, their 13th annual event, which is quite an achievement. Um, this year will be at a warehouse, uh, just outside of the arts district. Um, their main talent is Fergie, um, with DJ Khaled, who will be, uh, you know, spinning music all night long. Um, the event itself is really going to capture sort of the, raw infrastructure of this really cool warehouse and sort of like, you know, true to ESPN form, they found a really cool space where they can set up shop, be left alone and bring in a super high production value like they always do. So I think, you know, just like from my opinion, which is a little bit biased, their production value is always over the top and if you're able to get into that party, uh, which is invitation only, it is by far one of the best you would see over the weekend. So besides the people you just mentioned, Fergie and DJ Khalid, uh, who else would be there when I was there a few years ago? I mean, you saw everyone from Tim Tebow to, you know, athletes, but you also saw ESPN talent. Is it going to be the same type of uh, deal again? It would be, yeah, if you're a football fan, um, this is definitely the place to go. So everybody from coaches to owners to players, everybody is there. And then, of course, the occasional celebrity or two, they'll be walking the red carpet. So it is definitely – the place to be seen and the place to see, you know, the industry, um, having a good time, uh, which I like to call sort of the spring break. Cause everybody's, you know, out, they're done. The season's tied up. They're there to have a good time. So it's, it's certainly the place we're going to see the most athletes, um, of any party over the weekend. How long does it take you to set up for that party? Uh, the install itself takes about a week. So the team will get out there about seven days in advance and start advancing some of the, just trucks and infrastructure and lighting and AV, all the different sponsor build-outs. And then the actual planning takes about a year. Um, the cool thing is about the ESPN party is it's a lot of the same team, uh, miraculously, that's been working on it for the same like past 13 years. So it's a really well-oiled machine at this point. Um, it still takes a year to plan it, but a lot of people just know what to do. They're used to this event, and they sort of buckle down and do their thing and produce a very high-quality uh, production for ESPN every Friday night of Super Bowl weekend. So you mentioned it's invite-only. How do you get an invitation? <laughs> <laughs> you got to – yeah, so um, the, the tickets are they're earmarked for a lot of folks in the industry, obviously athletes and celebrities. Um, the sponsors will be getting involved in their respective, you know, customers and agencies who support those uh, brands who will be activating at the party. So it. it's, uh, yeah, it's not, not the easiest ticket to get, but if you can't get your hands on one, I, I highly encourage you guys to go check it out. It's a great event. Let's talk about Rolling Stone. Um, I don't recall them doing a party before. Have they been doing a party and I just wasn't paying attention or are they new to the dance this year? They feel new, but I believe this is their fourth or fifth year. Um, they're doing an event over at the Museum of Fine Art. It'll be on Saturday night. Um, it'll be a little bit of a smaller party. Um, you can expect guests upwards of, uh, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred people, which is small for Super Bowl terms. Um, yeah, it'll be a great show. They've got gr- a great lineup. You know, Diplo's performing, Nas is performing, uh, Mercedes Benz is their title sponsor. They'll have a couple of their really cool vehicles out there. One to note is their uh, AMG S63 Cabriolet. Um, so it'll be a great event. It's a great name behind it. Um, you know, Gus Wenner, who is being groomed to take over Rolling Stone, is behind this. He's a great guy. I've met him, and I think it'll be a great party overall. Another one where you can get access to it. I highly recommend checking it out. 
So the other one that you guys are doing, Wheels Up with Mercedes and Wheels Up collaborating uh, on a party, what's that going to look like? Um, that one's really a hospitality play. Um, you know, Wheels Up is a, a aviation company that was providing really cool access to its elite customers. They'll be flying them into town uh, once they land. They'll be uh, ushered to various uh, locations, events, parties, whatnot, uh, in Mercedes-Benz vehicles. So it's really a cool, unique experience for their, um, their you know, some of their customers that uh, utilize the Wheels Up Aviation Service throughout the year. So in general, uh, if you're trying to get a celebrity to appear at your party, I mean, I know some just appear like it at the ESPN party, but if you're trying to get Fergie or, you know, the one I looked at, and I know she's got a deal with AT&T, but Taylor Swift at the AT&T party on Saturday night, you're probably making a fortune to appear at these things, right? It depends. I, you know, just because they're a celebrity doesn't mean, you know, they're, they're that much different. At the end of the day, when you like, just sort of take this all back. People like to go do cool stuff. So okay. you, me, famous person, whoever it is, if it's a good party at a good location with great talent, people are going to come. It, it's very simple. It's just kind of like human nature. So the people who produce events really thinking about just what, you know, just sort of like hospitality, just regular customer hospitality when are there. Is there a great place to sit? Can you get access to food and drinks? Is it going to be great entertainment? You sort of check all those boxes, even if it is Super Bowl weekend, you know, it is on sort of like a world stage in a platform where everybody's looking at it. You're going to get people to come uh, regardless of who they are. If I'm Mercedes Benz and you're running my wheels up party or they're doing something around the Rolling Stone party and they come to you at the end, or maybe this isn't part of what you provide, but I'm just wondering like how many people that go to these parties go, Hey, I checked out the Mercedes Benz and I went and bought one. Is there a way for them to track that? They track it. They've got different mechanisms they set in place. It's really about, you know, customer development with it, existing customers and potential customers. So, align, you know, for them, just aligning with the right places and properties over Super Bowl weekend, providing a cool opportunity for their existing customers, and also just setting up an opportunity for potential customers to check out their vehicle in the right time and place at Super Bowl weekend. That means a lot to them. And there is a really good, like a high probability they're going to convert that person into potentially purchasing a vehicle down the road. So, you know, I think if it's done right, it is a unique opportunity, you know, to convert some of these people who may be in the market for purchasing a vehicle. A few minutes left with Nick Hines. He is an executive vice president with Engine Shop. You can find Engine Shop online at engineshopagency.com. You've been doing these for a long time. Would you say there's more parties now than five years ago ago, or are we seeing a decline? Because, you know, I remember back like in 2008 when the economy was tough. Some of these people cut back on doing parties. Are we seeing a lot of parties or less parties? It feels about the same, um, to be honest. When you sort of look at the rundown, there's a lot of the usual suspects. You know, EA Sports would do their party. ESPN has their party, obviously, which we talked about. Pepsi's doing an event with Bruno Mars. DirecTV has an event with Taylor Swift. You know, Rolling Stone has got Diplo and Nas. Playboy is doing something on Saturday night. Maxim is doing something on Saturday night. And then, obviously, there's, you know, some of the smaller things that are taking place throughout the weekend. It It feels about the same, to be honest with you. I just think... You know, trends are sort of moving in different directions. Um, you know, from my perspective, charitable giving seems to be becoming a thing around Super Bowl weekend. Um, you know, last year in the Bay Area during Super Bowl 50, 
I think they touted as the most giving Super Bowl weekend ever. I think they raised money to the tune of $12 million for local Bay Area organizations. Uh, this year, um, Houston's got a goal of raising, you know, upwards of four to five million for local organizations. Uh, you've got names like the V Foundation that aligned with ESPN. Um, St. Jude Hospital is aligned with the Legends for Charity event. The Houston Food Bank is aligned with the Taste of NFL. So yeah, that's sort of a cool trend. Um, I also think there's a unique trend in the fact that, you know, one group called Club Nomadic is somehow aligned with three of the biggest nights over the weekend. So it's essentially a pop-up um, production that's actually pretty close to the ESPN party. And they've secured the EA Sports on Thursday night, the Pepsi Bruno Mars party on Friday night, and the DirecTV party on Saturday night. These are all groups, you know, years ago that would stay fiercely quiet, stay away from everybody. Uh, in no way would they collaborate with the same venue with other brands. So it's just it's sort of a unique trend where one group is able to capture three of the biggest names over the weekend to produce these events. Yeah, that is an interesting trend. All right, here's a question for you. So as of this moment, it's going to cost an advertiser between four and a half to five million dollars for a TV spot during this Super Bowl. Higher or lower the cost to produce one of these parties? Uh, it depends. It depends on which party. ESPN. <laughs> They're all very uh, lower. Okay. So, yeah. you know, because I look at that and, and none of these people having parties without, you know, maybe Pepsi or potentially AT&T. And my guess would be AT&T as part of their deal with Taylor Swift. She's got to make this appearance for them. And same thing with Bruno right. Mars with Pepsi. So, right. you know, it's not like they're paying additional to have them there. It's part of that overall uh, deal that they have. None of them are advertising on TV during the broadcast. So you're instead saying, hey, come to my party and I'm going to spend my money there. So that's interesting that that it's lower than uh, the four and a half to five million dollars you'd spend to buy a TV spot. Right. And, you know, I'm not sure what DirecTV is paying. I, I do know I have heard rumors that, you know, we're playing the higher lower game again. Their their number is definitely higher than that four and a half to five million dollars. And also, I think another trend you're seeing is, you know, these groups are finding different ways to monetize these parties, right? The ticket model is becoming a much more prominent thing. The actual, like, private invitation-only event is not nearly as prominent. In fact, I think it's just a handful of them where it truly is invitation only. You can't really get a ticket. Um, and what you're seeing is a lot of nightlife hospitality groups that are coming in and doing things around Super Bowl. For example, you know, the, the Tao Group out of New York, they've got, you know, uh, restaurants and nightlife establishments in New York, Las Vegas, and Sydney, and Australia. And they've got something going on at Spire, night, at Spire uh, Nightclub Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Saturday night is with Playboy, and Sunday they're actually doing uh, an event called Live on Sunday. And Live is a, a nightlife group out of Miami. So you're seeing these nightlife hospitality groups kind of come in, dip their toe in this weekend, and they're really all about you know a different level of hospitality, selling tables, uh, charging admission at the door, doing bottle service, and providing a really cool elevated consumer experience, uh, unlike some of the big names in town, like, you know, the ESPNs and the DirecTVs and the, you know, Rolling Stones. So it's, it's kind of a cool trend that I think will continue to evolve over the next few years. 
Well, Nick, we appreciate your insight. Always enjoy our conversations around this time of year. You can uh, find Nick and the Engine Shop. Go to engineshopagency.com to learn more about them. You guys produce the biggest and best parties around Super Bowl, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Hi, it's Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. Did you know that Super Bowl 50 broke the record for single-day Wi-Fi usage and beat last year's record before halftime? And then nearly 80% of fans use their mobile phones during live sports events? Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. And that is why major venues around the country work with Boingo Wireless to manage their wireless networks. Boingo knows fans, and they know how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. Boingo designs, installs, manages, and monetizes wireless networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Chicago Soldier Field and Phillips Arena, home of the NBA's Atlanta Hawks. Boingo is the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless services so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Sports Business Radio has teamed up with Boingo to bring you monthly stadium stories focused on how technology is changing the business of sports. I will speak with Boingo and their partners, including athletic directors, venue owners, leading sports marketers, and industry influencers who will share valuable insights you'll want to tune in for. For more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Jay Rude. He is the Vice President of Race and Sports for MGM International. Jay, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Good. How are you? No problem. I'm doing well. Uh, big time of year for Las Vegas with Super Bowl coming up and I know we just had college football national championship. I wanted to have you on and talk about that a little bit. And I will say that uh, I'm going to be making my first trip to Vegas during Super Bowl weekend. So I'm excited to uh, be doing that as well. I've heard lots of uh, good things about coming to Vegas for Super Bowl weekend over the over the years. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it should be on everybody's bucket list uh, to come to Vegas over the Super Bowl. It's actually, um, I think, probably a little bit more exciting. And you have a few more options. Uh, uh, you know, outside of the three hours that, or four hours that you're you're watching the game here in Vegas, and you do probably even at the host site. So uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. You know, regardless of the teams that end up in it, but we've got pretty four good ones that are trying to get in there. So in general terms, if someone's coming to Vegas for Super Bowl Sunday, uh, again with your MGM resorts, what would what are some things you would suggest? Hey, you need to get there. Three hours before game time and get your spot. Like, give us an insight as to if you're going to camp out and watch the game, uh, what are some things to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, it sort of depends on your, you know, your sort of your level of uh, what you're looking for. You know, we have 10 different re- you know, resorts up and down the strip. And, um, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of parties going on associated with that. Each, you know, a little, um, you know, restaurant or outlet or, you know, there's going to be things going on every every which direction during that weekend. Um, if you're planning on to, you know, have an experience in the book, um, yeah, I would advise that you probably uh, get to the book fairly early in the day, um, plan a day of, uh, you know, people watching <laughs> because right. there's going to be a lot of people in line getting ready to make their prop bets. You know, we put out a sheet that has somewhere in the neighborhood about 250 to 
280 different props that you can bet on on the game. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people do a lot of homework a couple of days uh, before the game starts, and then um, you know, then they, they come and make their wager before the, the game starts, and it can be a little hectic. But um, I think that's part of the environment that a lot of people like. You know, they – they don't necessarily like standing in line, but they, you know, they're they're standing in line. They're waiting to get their bets. They're talking with, you know, friends that they came with, or they're talking with complete strangers, and they're all talking about the game and what they think is going to happen. And, um, you know, so it's a big kind of social experiment, and uh, you know, it works really well. I think most people have a lot of fun, and it really doesn't matter whether you're rooting for one side or the other because you're not going against each other. Like if you were traditionally at a at a, a sports pub somewhere in America. You might be adversaries, but in this particular case, you guys aren't necessarily adversaries because they're all going against me. So, um, you know, they're not really rooting against each other necessarily. They're rooting for their bet to beat me. And uh, I think that sort of bands them together. Jay, typically, and, and I'm not asking for an exact figure here, but, you know, between your resorts, I would imagine Super Bowl weekend is the biggest weekend sports gambling of the year. What is a typical handle like? Uh, for a Super Bowl weekend? Um, it, it's gigantic. I mean, la- last few years we've been breaking, the state's been breaking the record year after year. Um, and I believe, uh, I want to say last year we did, you know, we do, it does somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 million to 140 million statewide. And MGM Resorts, you know, we're a pretty significant player in, in that space, uh, you know, from a gambling perspective. Uh, you know, we're, we fall typically somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of that number. So, uh, it's a pretty significant number for us. And that's just, you know, from the sports book, which is, you know, the small potatoes of the overall pitcher. Um, you know, that, that's not uh, including all the ancillary stuff that goes on from rooms and shows and restaurants and, um, you know, you know, beverage sales and, uh, you know, retail, all, everything taken in consideration. It is a massive impact to the bottom line of our, our company, it's going to be easily probably, um, you know, 25 to 30% driver of the quarter. And it's probably, you know, at least a 10% driver for the year. Wow. I read an interesting story recently. Maybe you can uh, weigh in on this. And it said that 34% of the revenues for the state of Nevada are attributed to gambling. In the 90s, that number used to be closer to 58%. So, you know, what you're saying is, Gambling makes up a small percentage of the overall pie. That that definitely was true according to this article I read. Yeah, it's it's been definitely a trend since oh I want to say you know early to mid two thousand or even further back, where you know the revenue streams are sort of inverted at this point. Um, you know, years ago, you know the gambling uh, revenue used to drive everything, and uh, the food and beverage and all that were sort of afterthoughts. But now. Um, you know, that's taken over food and beverage rooms, shows, uh, all the entertainment, all the retail that's, that's going upward and is, you know, the bigger share of the pie somewhere. Like you said, it's almost a 60, 40 split now on its way to, you know, 70, 30. I think that's probably where it'll level out at, um, with all the different, uh, things that you can do here in Vegas. Now, you know, back in the day, it was, you, know, you come in, you, uh, you go to dinner, uh, you gamble a little bit, you go to a show, you come back out and you gamble a little bit. But now it's um, nightclubs and it's uh, day clubs at the pool. And um, you've got, you know, different interactive entertainment uh, all around. You've got attractions like, um, you know, 
that you can go and see, you know, helicopter rides and Grand Canyon tours and just a, a plethora of things to do here that uh, wasn't necessarily part of the offering, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Jay Rude, the VP of Race and Sports for MGM International Resorts, is my guest. So let's go back to talking about those prop bets. I've always thought one of the coolest jobs would be to be the person coming up with the prop bets because those, I mean, some of the ones I see, I'm just like, wow, how did anyone even think of that? From year to year, do you just go back and say, you know, we're still going to do the the Gatorade prop bet and the National Anthem prop bet and we're going to add some new ones, obviously, depending on who's playing in the game or how long does it take you to come up with 285 prop bets? Um, yeah, it takes a while to come up with some prop bets, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, at this time, still, state of Nevada, the Gatorade one, you know, we're restricted from doing because we have to do things that sort of are part of the game and happen on the field to play. The national anthem, the same thing. Those are some of the ones that you know in other jurisdictions they do, but you know, we do the ones like uh, uh, that are new. Who who will win the MVP? Which uh, a couple years ago was, uh, you know, last year was pretty bad for us because Von Miller won and he was eighty to one. Uh, obviously because he's a defensive player, um, and I believe it was only second or third time in history that a defensive player has won the MVP. But that's one that we petitioned for to be able to book because it's such a big event, and it actually does occur on the field. It's just voted on, you know, similar to, like, what a boxing match would look like. But most of the other props are very statistical-driven. Uh, I sit in my office for, you know, probably for a good better part of four or five days, um, we pull out last year's sheet. We look at what we've got. We look at the players in there. Uh, ideally, we have a couple of teams that uh, produce some pretty good offensive numbers, which it looks like this year we'll have, regardless of the four teams that make it in there. Um, you know, and you put up the just historical stats uh, of what they've done throughout the season and what they've done in the postseason, and you give it a little bit of a weighted average, and you throw in a little bit of opinion and mix it all up, throw it out there, and see what happens. But uh, it, it seems like it would be fun, but sometimes it's a little nerve wracking because uh, you know you're 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 going against uh, the public, and uh, you know you could be right, you could be wrong, but you know that's what gambling is all about. And uh, uh, but they seem to love it. It's really grown uh, year over year. Like like we were talking about with the mix of uh, gaming and non gaming revenue during the Super Bowl. You know we used to book just basically who's going to win the total and money line, and you know, you'd have a half a dozen or a dozen props. Um, and majority of the money was just bet on the point spread. But now it's basically 50% of our money that's bet on the Super Bowl is on props. So, uh, it's, it's, it's really grown. It's actually helped, you know, the, the sports book diversify itself a little bit so that if we lose the game, we don't necessarily lose for the day, but, you know, the props are so closely tied to the game that generally if the team that wins is a loser for you, you're going to lose to a lot of your props as well. But uh, it has helped insulate us a little bit on the game, but you know, it gives people the opportunity to be in action throughout the whole game. If your team that you selected suddenly uh, is out of it in the first quarter, but you still have how many field goals will be kicked or how many uh, passing yards a certain guy will have, you're still invested in the game. It's still interesting. It's still you know something that you want to hang around and watch. I've always wondered – I mean, I've said for many years that the smartest people in sports are the wise guys in in Vegas for setting the lines because the games, whether it's the spread or the over-under, it always seems to be right around 
the line. When you're setting lines, are you doing so in conjunction with your competition at other resorts or are you doing that completely independently and they may come up with a line that's very different than yours? Because they all seem to be pretty consistent. Um, generally, in the world that we live in now, um, it's everybody's information is available to everybody. So it doesn't really behoove anyone to put a number out there that is considerably different than your your neighbor, say. Uh, because if you're looking for money on a certain side, all you really have to be off is about a half a point, and you're going to get that money. Whereas years ago, before the Internet and, you know, what, what we had behind the counter was one of those little daisy dot matrix printers that would go zip, 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 you know, to either side. And that was how we got our updates on what what other places were at. And, you know, that would come every 20 to 30 minutes. You could find that, you know, maybe MGM was at minus six and maybe uh, another place down the street was at minus four and a half. Um, and that's a gigantic middle for, you know, wise guys to bet into. They'd lay the four and a half and they'd take the six and they hope the game lands somewhere in the middle, you know, if it, or lands on six, then you get a winner and a push, and uh, you know it's a great day from a gambler's point from that side. But that's sort of all been eliminated by you know a real real time world that we live in now. Last question: I haven't been to Vegas in a while. Uh, I know the world is moving in, in forward with technology. Is it still? If I'm sitting in the sports book and I want to come make a bet, I'm walking up to the window and doing it. Is there any kind of technology involved now, where uh, you're not walking up to a, a person at a window? Talk to us about that. Yeah, no, um, actually, we're in the middle of a field trial with our product, a mobile betting product called PlayMGM, and uh, uh, we've launched it in May. Uh, we hope to have uh, approval for it uh, uh, by February 11th, right after Super Bowl. But, yeah, you can come in. If you come to any of the MGM resorts and you want to sort of avoid the line and just sit from your seat and, and uh, you know, make wagers, um, that's, you know, the, the best way to do it. Then you can, you know, appease the uh, the other people in your life that maybe want to go shopping or, uh, you know, head out to the pool and or do other things rather than sit in the sports book all afternoon. But I don't know who would want to not do that. Um, but it, it, you come up to the counter and it's literally a, you know, five to ten minute process as long as, you're an M Life member of MGM Resorts. You you, you sign up for the uh, the app, deposit some money, uh, get in. You can start looking at all of our lines. Everything's on the app. You, if if you're a visitor, it's even a better uh, thing for you if you like to bet futures. If you want to take a a future bet, which is like who's going to win next year's Super Bowl in 2018, which we'll have up this year when everyone comes for for Super Bowl, and you can bet it on your app rather than taking a ticket home and shoving it in your wallet and hoping to hold on to it for right. the whole year. And if it wins, then you either have to fly back out here, which, you know, that's not too bad of an excuse, or you have to mail it in. If it's on your app, you know, and it's electronically done, you don't have to worry about any of that. And then as soon as it's graded, it's in your balance, and you can actually go in and move that balance to a prepaid card if you're living in Chicago and and get your funds and, you know, go buy a Slurpee with your prepaid card if you want, you know, off of what you want on the Super Bowl. So um, I, I think it's really, really convenient. It gives a lot of people... Uh, you know, a little bit more freedom, and uh, you don't have to stand in line. You can sit there and look at everyone else standing in line that uh, was reluctant to to be an early adapter. So, if you're me on Super Bowl Sunday, which sports book do I go sit in? Uh, well, I, I my office is at the Mirage, and we've done so much uh, remodeling to the Mirage. I'm kind of partial to it right now. Okay. We put in a a 90 foot wide 4K screen a few years back. 
Um, and we have a little stadium style seating with couches that are reservable, uh, uh, throughout the year, um, with a, you know, food and beverage uh, that comes with the, the seating. And then, um, you know, it's just a huge, huge room, which I think, you know, when everyone's rooting for the game, uh, it creates just a great atmosphere, but all of our places are really good. I mean, Aria is like a really cool hip spot to, to play, uh, uh, if you like horses, it's got its own little private area that's a great place to bet horses. Um, I mean, Circus Circus is even, it's a great little book. You know, they've got some fantastic TVs down there. They upgraded about four or five years ago. It's really nice. Um, MGM Grand, obviously, with, you know, they've got Sky Suites that you can, uh, you know, get a big group of people and they get you up in there and uh, set you up with a bunch of food and beverage and you're, you're elevated from the rest of the crowd. So it's a great place to watch everything unfold and, um, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, it just depends on uh, where you are and how far you want to uh, walk and what kind of atmosphere you're looking for. Well, Jay, this has been a fascinating conversation. I'm really looking forward to uh, my first visit to Las Vegas for Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you so much for taking time to join us on Sports Business Radio. Absolutely. Come uh, swing by the office when you come in, and uh, I can show you a few things. That would be great. And you can find out more about MGM Resorts International. Go to MGM Resorts. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thank you to Nick Hines with the Engine Shop. Great update on all the Super Bowl parties that are going to take place in Houston. And uh, they do great work there. ESPN party, Rolling Stone party. Follow them on Twitter at Engine Shop or engineshopagency.com on uh, online. Jay Rude from the MGM Resorts International. Really enjoyed the conversation with him. Cannot wait to go to Las Vegas for Super Bowl weekend and see what that scene is like. I will be tweeting from there at SB Radio. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our sports business radio road show. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at boingo. I would invite you to go to sportsbusinessradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes if you missed our last road show at the University of South Florida with the brain trust of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock and Michael Kelly. Go back and listen to that interview. Some really good nuggets 
in that interview from those two men who are two of the most powerful men in all of sports. Thanks to our friends at Tagboard for providing the social media visualizations for our Sports Business Radio Roadshow events. Follow them online at tagboard.com or on Twitter at tagboard. Exciting to announce that Tagboard is going to be providing social media visualizations for my upcoming sports PR summit events this year at the Players Tribune on May 23rd and at our Sports PR Summit social media workshop on July 26th at Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. If you want more information on those events, go to sportsprsummit.com. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 100 business news podcasts. You can find us online at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're on Audio Boom. The TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps as well. Follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. Our Twitter feed was named to the top 50 sports business must-follows on Twitter by Forbes 2014, 2015, 2016. Three Pete Griggs. So proud of that. Also, we just launched an Instagram page, Sports Business Radio on Instagram. Give us a follow. We'll shoot some pictures out from our events and maybe some studio shots and some other things. We always engage with interesting people, and you'll find those there. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio.